Today is the day of Pentecost, um, and I just want to go to Acts um, of the Apostles. Many, many people, by their experience, begin to deny God's Word. And people judge everything by their experience instead of judging it by the Word of God. And faith comes by hearing the Word. And if you're one of those people that lives by experiences alone, you're going to be in trouble. If you live by the Word alone, you're in trouble. Uh, you have to have the reality of the living God living within you. And um, I said I'll explain how to come in. Because coming in is the most important thing. Uh, many, many Christians claim to be saved. And when you look at them and look at their lives, you wonder what they're saved from. Certainly it isn't sin. Uh, you look at their lives and it's, they're not saved from misery. Uh, marriages break down, homes break down, children in rebellion. That isn't salvation. Uh, society begins to go wrong. That's not salvation. And basically, God wants reality in our lives. It has to work in your life. And on the um, Jesus, when he spoke to the disciples in Acts chapter one, uh, you'll find we'll start there. And he said unto them, "It's not for you to know the times or the seasons." In verse seven which the Father has put in his own power. Uh, and may I say right away that I do not believe it's for you to know the times or the season. There's so many people who want to prophesy the end of the world. They want to explain how everything's going to happen. There's a load of old rubbish. It's not for you to know. It's all in the Father's hand. That's what the Bible teaches. So get on with living. We've got to live life. God doesn't want us to be those type of people always thinking of the end. If you're going to die, die standing up. Don't lie down. God intends us to live life. He came to give us life and life more abundant. He didn't come to give us misery. He came to give us joy. He didn't come to cause us to fade away. He came to bring us to energize us, to cause us to stand. I love it. Let the weak say, I am strong. That's the word of God. God intends us to live. And you say, well, what about death? What about it? It's been conquered. You step out of this body into the presence of God. But step out healthy. That's God's intention. And then it goes on. But you shall receive, verse 8, power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, 
Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Then they returned unto Jerusalem, and so on. You know, uh, the most important thing Jesus said is you're going to be a witness. A witness is someone who's seen something and can testify to what he's seen. He's not someone who testifies about what someone else has seen. Uh, most Christians live and their testimony is talking about what Paul has seen, what uh, Peter saw, what... But if you're a true witness, you've got to be able to witness to what you've seen what you've heard. John wrote it in his epistle, first epistle, that which you've seen, that which we've handled of the word of life. It's not a matter of telling someone what someone else has experienced or what the Bible says experiences. You've got to know for yourself the reality of that life. If you don't know it, you're not a Christian. End of story. You've got to be a living witness. You've got to know. You've got to be able to have a relationship with God that's such that you know the living God in the midst of your being. You know the reality of His power, His life, and you can say, I know. And you're a witness to what you've seen, what you've heard. So many people are only a witness to what they've been taught. Well, what you've been taught might be very helpful, but it isn't reality. Holy Ghost comes, and when the Holy Ghost comes, you become a living witness. And then he says in Jerusalem, Judea, hey, I tell people, if you can't be a living witness here and prove your gift here, don't try and go off to some foreign land or go off into some ministry. <coughs> prove it. You've got the goods, prove it. And there are so many people. If God hasn't sent you, you shouldn't go. Many are called, few are chosen. Everyone has a call of God, but to be a chosen vessel is something totally different. And very few people understand that, so they run off and they think they're some ministry. They're not. When you ask them, well, have you really seen? Do you really know? Oh, well, I believe. Well, I'm not asking what you believe. I'm asking what you've witnessed. Different. Very different. He came to make us witnesses. Amen? Didn't came to make us uh, people who just have doctrine. Terrible thing, doctrine. Kills people off go to a lot of places, they've got all the doctrine, no life. Jesus said, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have life, but you won't come to me that you might have life. have to come to the living God, and you have to know him, hear him, see him, embrace him. Ah. If you haven't done that, you haven't got life. Got doctrine. That's the truth. In chapter 2, Acts 2, uh, Acts 2, 41. 
says this, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Then they that gladly received his word. Peter was speaking on the day of Pentecost, it's the word they received. Now do understand, you won't come in alive unless God quickens a word into your soul. You receive it with gladness and it'll transform you. It's not an experience you need, it's God you need. When God comes by the power of the Holy Ghost, he changes everything. Without that, I want to tell you, there's a lot of people who go around and they try to get experiences. Experiences don't transform you. It's God who does it. Decisions don't transform you. Many people make a decision for Jesus Christ. They come out and they say, but that won't change you. That's in your mind, it's in your will. But a true man who's born is born not of the will of man. It's nothing to do with your will. It's to do with God. And these people heard the word and those that gladly received it, they were transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Acts 4 verse 4. We're going to go quickly through it. I want you to see how people are transformed. Acts 4. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men was about 5,000. People heard the word, bang, life came. Always the words. Chapter 6, verse 2. You remember um, in, in verse 1, in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. In other words, hey, the administration of the church, it's not reasonable that we leave the Word of God to do that. They didn't say leave prayer. They said leave the Word of God. The Word of God has always been the foundation of revival, not prayer. Don't ever believe that you can come into life without that Word. has to be the living Word. What the devil has done is he's turn people away from the truths of God into the fables of men and now everyone thinks let's pray, let's pray, let's pray but God said go he didn't say pray he said preach, he didn't say pray you understand that? it's so important that you realize as a living witness what people need is the word what they don't need is you piously sitting down and praying and praying and praying and never going because they're not going to hear without a preacher. And the preacher can't go unless he's sent. And it's the Word of God that produces faith in a heart, not prayers. You need to get that plain in your thinking because it's a deception that's crept over the whole church. 
and it's wrong. Then he goes on and he said, verse 4, and I'll come right to it. He said, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and ministry of the word. Now you say, there you are. You see, they did pray continuously. Yeah, well, we pray without ceasing. If you're a Christian, you're always in communion with God. But if you think you mean the kind of religious Christian prayer that's put over as prayer today, that is not what they were talking about. They meditated on the Word. They communed with the living God. And when they spoke, they spoke as the oracles of God. But they understood that to get revelation, you have to be in communion with God. When they got down, they were seeking God for revelation because they understood the thing that brings life is the Word of God. Prayer is communion with God. You notice when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, there was very little self-centeredness. They said, teach us to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven. In other words, get your eyes on God. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then, hey, we need provision. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from... Hey, where's... Oh, God, save Israel. God. You know, when, when Jesus Christ taught the disciples to pray very different prayer to that which is taught churches it's all self 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 me 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 my 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 oh god do this do this use me use me use me you know who's going to do god's will on the earth you you want thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's about time you started obeying him. Living right. That's the only way. He's, don't think you're praying for it. It's going to happen. Do it. See, there are things that God expects you to do. And the only way that people are going to be transformed and society is going to be transformed is when you share the Word of God and you challenge people. We're here to challenge society. We're not here to say, well done. It's a mess. God wants to change it. Terrible mess. Man can't sort the problem out. We need God's principles back in the life of people, don't we? Hey, you know, the man doesn't have an answer. Our God does. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Amen? What do the Christians do? Do they start trying to battle with spirits? No. You don't need to battle with spirits. You need to preach the word of God. You see, what they need is the word of life that transforms the individual life. What you don't need is some concocted theory of how you're going to overcome spirit. The church needs to wake up. We have the most powerful force on the whole of earth. It's called the word of God. We have the Holy Ghost with us to cause us to stand. And we shouldn't be ashamed of what we believe. 
verse 7. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Why? Because they heard the word. It wasn't because of prayer, it was the word. Why is it that it's getting denigrated and pushed out of the church? Let's go on. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 verse 4. Therefore they were scattered abroad. They that were scattered abroad went everywhere. What did they do? Preaching the word. You know the amazing thing was they didn't go for revival prayer meetings. They were smart. They understood when you go, the thing that brings faith to a heart is the word of God. So they went everywhere preaching. Preach and teach. 8.14 Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. What did they receive? The word of God. Amen. Verse 25, and they, when they testified and preached the word of the Lord, returned to Jerusalem and preached the gospel in many villages of the Samaritans. Hey, they were always going around preaching. Amazing, isn't it? Chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. Glory to God. You know how, how to receive the Holy Ghost? You need to be where the word of God's preached. He'll fall on you. Bang! And you'll find out what happened. Uh, chapter 11 verse 1. Uh, it says this, And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were of the circumcision contended with him. They, they got upset about it. But you notice, it doesn't say they heard they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. They heard the word of God. They'd received the word of God. It's the Word of God. Everywhere in the Scripture you find witnesses, it's the Word that people respond to. Not a testimony, the Word. It's the Word witnessed by the power of the Holy Ghost with miracles. They heard the Word. Um, if you hear the Word, you accept Christ, you receive the Holy Ghost. That's what they did. When they heard Peter, they accepted Christ. And the Holy Ghost fell on them. Acts 13, Acts 13, verse 5. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had also John to their minister. Okay, what did they preach? Word of God. Um... And when they had gone through the Isles of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear 
the Word of God. See, people all knew, hey, what makes the difference is the Word of God. Now, have you got your pop group? No. Is this the place where it's the Word of God? That's what it's about, isn't it? See, if you believe and accept the Word, that, that's all it takes. Transformation of life, healing and deliverance, it's just by receiving the Word. With gladness of heart, God does the miracle. Faith cometh by hearing the Word. That's how it happens. Don't get this idea that, you know, there's these people go about and they want to get an atmosphere going. I, I didn't need an atmosphere. I don't need one. I don't need singing. I don't need nothing. God does it. That's it. It's the Word. All right, where am I up to? Which verse did I read out? What? Five, six, and seven. All right. 26. Verse 26 of this chapter. Look at this. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, and whosoever among you that feareth God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. What is sent? The word of salvation. Everywhere they went, it wasn't, can you speak in tongues? Can you prophesy? Let's, let's all share our gifts. Look, when Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, it was to shut them up. It was correction. It wasn't a model for how a church should be. It was the excesses that he was trying to bring under control. Read Acts and you wonder where the Corinthian church was. Well, they ended up in a lot of mess. Verse 44. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to do what? To hear the word of God. Glory to God. You see, if you want to get people really stirred up, it's the word of God that stirs them up. Not some entertainment a nightclub jazz singer can tell a hundred jokes word of God hmm but verse 45 when the Jews saw the multitudes they were filled with envy and it amazing God is good amen the word of God increased and grew. Let's look, let's look at a few more scriptures. Acts, um, oh look, the, where, where are we? 45, we're first 45. Jews, uh, when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn, I love this, lo, we turn the gentle. Okay, if you don't want the word of God, we'll go to someone that does. And so they did. Amen? 
always the Word of God, always preaching, always. Amazing how it's so denigrated. Chapter 14, verse 3. Long time therefore abode they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace, and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. What did they do? Preach the word, signs and wonders followed. Amen? Pentecost is about preaching. Pentecost is about being a witness. When you're a witness, you testify. When you testify, the miracles happen. You preach the word, in season, out of season. You let everyone know. When you go and you want to win people to Christ, you won't win them to Christ by inviting them around for a meal and sitting there and talking about what's on television, whatever it is, you know. I have to be careful because I never know what's on television except if it's golf. Um, but, you know, they get these programs and they, they, they sit there. Some people live their lives by them. You know, and it's terrible. I've, I've met people that all they can think of is, is what's on telly. They won't go out on a Thursday night because they'll miss what's on telly. They race home. Chapter 15, verse 6. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider this matter. And when they had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. That's what they heard, the word of the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Not some gift, not some worker of miracles, the gospel's the power. Now, God uses men, don't get me wrong. But it's the gospel, the good news, that'll transform your body. It's the good news that'll transform your heart. It's the good news of what Jesus did for you on Calvary that will transform your life. It will break the power of sin. It will transform your mind. It's the good news of the gospel. And Peter said, look, I went to the Gentiles and they heard the good news of the gospel. It was the word of the gospel they heard. He didn't say they received the Holy Ghost. But they did. The Holy Ghost fell on them as they were listening to the good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ. God met them. And that's what needs to happen. We all need to be people who transmit the good news. We're witnesses. We know what God's done for us. We know his healing power, his delivering power, his keeping power. We know what God did when he filled us with the Holy Ghost. He showed us the things of heaven. He showed us the things to come. He revealed himself to us. He revealed the mighty God to us. And we share the good news. Because we're witnesses.
It's happened to me. I know. And if you don't know, you're not a Christian. That's it. When you receive the good news, it changes everything. When you hear it gladly. It's wonderful, isn't it? I get excited. Wonderful. Chapter 16. Verse 6. Now, when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. How about that? Holy Ghost said, don't preach the word there. They didn't. Holy Ghost said, don't. Do you know, the, the word is life. You want to know what gives health to your body? It's the Word of God. Do you want to know what gives freedom to you? It's the Word of God. Do you know why Pentecost was? So that God would have witnesses. Share the Word. Preach the Word. It's the Word. Every member of a church is a called person. Not everyone is a living witness. There is nothing in heaven and earth that can stop you. When you share the word, miracles will happen. Look at this. 16 verse 6. The Holy Ghost stopped them preaching. Why? Because God knows the gospel is good news. Hey, when you hear the gospel and believe, nothing can stop you coming into life. When you come and you hear the word, you believe it, the Holy Ghost comes. Deliverance doesn't come by an experience. Deliverance comes by believing this word. It's not by some magic. It's by the word of God that's quickened inside of you. It's not the Bible. The Bible don't have life, but Jesus has life. You've got to come to him. And that word, it quickens inside. The number of times people have come to me and they've said, Oh, I came into the meeting this morning. Everything you said, it was just for me. It was as though no one else was there. Words got in, believe it, obey it, and you're in life. That's what happens. It's the word of God. Don't let Pentecost... Do to deceive you and get you concentrating on gifts. Concentrate on the giver. The giver of life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundant. Life is in Christ. Life isn't in a gift. Life's in God. Do I believe in the gifts? Yeah, I speak in tongues. Thank God I do. Have I given a prophecy? Yes, I can prophesy. Why? The Holy Ghost came. And when the Holy Ghost came, he brought all nine gifts with him. But I want to tell you something. Jesus is the one I love. And I find the Holy Ghost who came to me, he testifies of Jesus. He takes the words he's spoken, he shows them unto me. He's revealed Christ in me and to me. And I'm a witness to it. It's the word of God. I tell you folks, if you don't love this word, read this word, believe this word, learn this word, 
preach this word, you're not a Christian. If the Bible's not the most precious book to you, you haven't got life. Keep coming. Listen, and when the word quickens to your heart, obey it. That's the way. You want a miracle? That's the way to miracles. That's the way into life. There is no other way. Faith cometh by hearing the word of God. That's how it comes. There is no other way. That's a wonderful way. Stand up. Quick. Raise your hands to heaven. Father, I thank you. You always hear us. Lord, I curse every disease, every sickness, every affliction. Lord, and I pray that in your power and your life, you'll let that word go home to the heart. Lord, that it bears fruit in each one. Let us be lovers of the word. Let us be livers of the word. Let us be believers in the word. And Lord, let the word be a light to our feet from this day on in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Isn't he wonderful?